Hey everyone, welcome back to the Osmo Daily Fantasy Newsroom, the show where I, your host Kyle Dvorak, find me on Twitter at KyleTweets here, give you the rundown on yesterday's training camp news, yesterday's preseason news, although not really much of a preseason this year, but give you that breakdown, give you the fantasy spin, and show you how to make action out of that news heading into fantasy draft season, heading into week one. We are almost there. And with that, I want to remind you to go to osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football. That's where you can get access to our draft kit with a ton of awesome stuff included. Osmo's fantasy football rankings done by the world's number one daily fantasy football player, Alex Osmo Baker, our draft wingman tool, which helps you build optimal season long and best ball teams, our breakouts, sleepers, and bus table, Osmo cheat sheets, and a ton of other stuff, all for just $29.95. And with that, you get a $35 credit if you're a new user at the FFPC. That means the draft kit is paying for itself, plus all of the great tools. So go on over to Osmo.com forward slash fantasy football and check that out. Now let's get into some news. There's a lot of roster cuts happening. So right now we'll try and clean up as much of that as we can. And I'm sure tomorrow you'll hear more news about players that were cut. And there are going to be some fantasy relevant players cut right now. First, let's start off with a simple one. Texan signed Deshaun Watson to a four-year extension. The man gets the bag, $160 million, keeps him as a Texan through 2025. The news doesn't change much for his fantasy outlook. It doesn't really change anything for his fantasy outlook in 2020. But this is a good sign for his long-term dynasty holders. It's also a good thing if he has any receivers that get signed long-term. Will Fuller gets an extension. You know Will Fuller is playing long-term with Deshaun Watson. So it doesn't make any impact right now. But interesting to know for you dynasty players looking forward. Next piece of news, Washington waves wide receiver Trey Quinn. Trey Quinn started six games primarily as a slot receiver last year, but Steven Sims' late-season breakout really rendered Quinn expendable. Quinn also served as the primary punt returner, but then Sims took over that job as well. Quinn's absence frees up 47 targets, many of which are going to make their way to Sims. And despite Sims coming into the league with a modest profile, not particularly athletic, one of the bottom percentile athleticism scores, he's a guy you had to be interested in when you saw how... He's a guy you had to be interested in when you saw how big he was making plays as a rookie on such a limited amount of touches. The rookies since 2000 to record a rushing, receiving, and kick return touchdown are Steven Sims, Alvin Kamara, Tyreek Hill, David Johnson, Cordero Patterson, David Wilson, Jacoby Ford, and Maurice Jones-Drew. Excluding Sims because we haven't seen his second year yet, that is four out of seven players as massive hits. And most recently, all three massive hits, Alvin Kamara, Tyreek Hill, and David Johnson. Even Cordero Patterson, when you look at what he's contributed on the NFL field and not as much on the fantasy front, he's a guy who has been very effective in the roles he's been used. One of the best kick returners in the entire league, plus getting used as a running back, as a receiver, a guy who I think has been mismanaged throughout his career. Interesting to note, he is a guy who he worked out with the running backs in the offseason for the Bears. Now they're dealing with a banged up David Montgomery. Maybe he's the next big hit. Probably not, but maybe. So Steven Sims, a guy that if you're getting, you know, if you have any interest in Dwayne Haskins late in drafts, I would love pairing him with Steven Sims. Same thing you could build really, you can build really cheap stacks of this Washington team if you buy into the Dwayne Haskins college profile of going for, I believe, like 4,800 yards and 50 touchdowns in his final season. So this Washington team may be on the rise a bit. Steven Sims getting some more work, a guy you have to know, and a guy you should at least consider taking in the final rounds of best ball drafts. Let's move on to another player being cut. We have the Dolphins waving quarterback, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, a guy who came into the NFL with a lot of hype, particularly from scouts. He was a guy that scouts loved his mechanics, but his, his stats just didn't show it. He has a college yards per attempt of 7.9. That's below average. A college QBR of 67, well below average as well. And he doesn't add much with his legs. A guy who never really stood out in the athleticism facets, never rushed really for any amount of yardage. 
NCAA stats take out sack yardage from your rushing total. So he had negative rushing yardage in his final two seasons. But regardless, a guy who just doesn't give you much with his legs, quite apparent with his 4.92 speed. So he's a guy that the scouts love, but his numbers just don't back that up. Be interesting to see, you know, given his first round capital and the, the, another team even paid a day two pick for him in Miami. Two teams have passed on him, but I would still think we're going to get a third team after Arizona and Miami. I did note that uh, I think Pittsburgh is a team that could really benefit from bringing maybe a project quarterback in. Ben Roethlisberger probably coming up on the final years of his NFL career, a guy who's also always nicked up, and we saw they just don't have the backups in place that they need between Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges, one of the worst offenses, one of the worst passing offenses at least last year, and the largest drop in passing yards per game from a team 2018 to 2019 in the history of the NFL. Pittsburgh was going to Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph. These are just not their backups. And I don't think Josh Rosen is is even a backup in the NFL because you think if you're a backup, you're probably starting a handful of games every few seasons. I'm not sure if Josh Rosen is that guy, but it can't hurt to try him out given the fact that we know Pittsburgh does not have the requisite backups. They were a team that also many people rumored to have interest in Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston ends up going to New Orleans. So for me, this is a prime landing spot. He gets a year at least to study behind a very long-term effective passer in Ben Roethlisberger, hopefully hone his skills and finally find a home. Although it does seem unlikely having two teams completely bowed out on him that this is the this is the magic one. Pittsburgh, number three team is where he finally gets it, but it's worth a shot. Let's move on to the big news. Mitchell Trubisky set to start for week one. Adam Schefter reports that Mitchell Trubisky will be the starting quarterback for Chicago in week one. Nick Foles wasn't given the typical offseason to learn Chicago's playbooks. That's probably the reason we see him not listed as the starter in week one, because when you look at the numbers, even Nick Foles last year in Jacksonville, where he got benched, where he clearly wasn't the guy he goes 0-4 as the starter, was still better than Mitchell Trubisky last year. Last year, we see Nick Foles complete 65.8% of his passes. He averages 6.3 yards per attempt and 6.0 adjusted yards per attempt. All of those marks are better than Mitchell Trubisky, and they're only marginally better. It's not like he is a a massive upgrade. You're not getting a Pro Bowl quarterback when you get Nick Foles, although technically he does have a Pro Bowl in 2013. But on the whole, you're not getting this massive upgrade, but you're getting small edges. You're getting edges in all of those stats I just mentioned. He's also less mistake-prone, 1.7% interception rate, slightly behind Mitchell Trubisky, and a 6.4% sack rate last year, slightly behind Mitchell Trubisky as well. So if we see Mitchell Trubisky last year versus Jacksonville's Nick Foles last year, you take Jacksonville Nick Foles, and that is that is largely the floor for Nick Foles. We've seen him be very good in spurts. In 2018, he gets five starts. He averages 7.2 yards per attempt, completes 72% of his passes, and then obviously we see the insane season dating back to his previous stint in Philly where he throws 27 touchdowns to two interceptions. He's a guy who I think when you give him a solid offensive line, you give him a platform to throw, can make plays. He's still not you know an above average starter, but I think he could be a middling to slightly below average starter. And when you look at Mitchell Trubisky, he's just not even giving you that, even when he's given a clean pocket. He's just, he's entering the league. He was an inaccurate passer. He was a project and fine, but the project doesn't work out. And it's likely that we see Chicago move on. And the one big asset he had entering the league, and he showed it off in his first two seasons, were his legs. He is as fast and as agile as some running backs. 
And he's a guy who, if you can get him out in space, if you can get him forcing linebackers to question what they're doing, freezing their legs, he can make plays. But we didn't even see that last year. That was the final straw, I think, in the Mitchell Trubisky experiment is when his legs gave up on him. That's when you know it's time to move on. Last year, 193 rushing yards. That was a three-year low for him despite playing more games, 15, than he had ever done before. He also only averaged four yards per attempt despite averaging 6.2 and six yards per attempt in the previous two seasons. And at the end of the day, he only rushes 3.2 times per game, also a career low. A guy who, if he's not giving you that dynamic playmaking ability with his legs, I'm just not sure what you're starting him for. So yeah, maybe it's that truncated offseason that we see that caused Nick Foles the starting job. But in the long term, I think we will see Nick Foles starting by, let's call it week three or four, because Mitch Trubisky has proven time and time again that he is just not the guy. For fantasy, these aren't, I mean, these aren't really guys you want either of. You don't want a non-starting quarterback and you don't want to play Mitchell Trubisky. So you don't want either quarterback on your fantasy team. And I think the weapons outside of Allen Robinson are going to get a bump when we see Nick Foles step in. And I only say that because, you know, Allen Robinson will also get a bump, but it could bump guys like Anthony Miller to fantasy relevancy, whereas Allen Robinson is always this dominant number one alpha. He doesn't need that bump. He may see a small bump and it will be small because like I said, we're dealing with, you know, a 3% completion rate, 0.2, 0.3 yards per attempt. But those things add up to a bit of PPR points, a bit of extra yardage for players like Anthony Miller, for players like Tariq Cohen. So for me, those are guys that I'll be looking to maybe trade for, maybe pick up off the waivers if they've been cut. If we see Nick Foles get that starting job early in the year, maybe week three, week four, and of course, Allen Robinson, you know, he's a guy you can fire off in the third round of drafts pretty easily, and he'll see a bump too, but that's not, uh, you know, you're not you're not picking Allen Robinson up off the waiver wire. Handful of other pieces of news I just want to run through real quick. Not a ton of action to be made with these. Packers wave running back Dexter Williams. This likely paves the way for Jamal Williams making that 53-man roster, and he's a guy who's gotten receiving work in the past. He could eat into that Aaron Jones receiving role, and he could also, if he's a, a talented receiver and if he's a pass blocker, that's the thing coaches love is getting pass blocking running backs on the field on third down situations. So if he has those assets, that is a way he could stifle second round running back A.J. Dillon. Last piece of news, all small stuff, but interesting to note, find these little fantasy edges. Washington releases tight end Richard Rodgers. It seems all set for Logan Thomas to open the year as Washington starter. He's a guy who's a converted quarterback coming out of Virginia Tech. He's big. He's athletic. We've talked about him on previous shows, so I won't dive in too deep. But another way that if you want to buy in cheap onto this Washington offense, assume little risk and maybe get some reward if the team does make a big turnaround. Logan Thomas, a a number one starting tight end for an NFL team with a young, potentially ascending quarterback, a guy I could see getting into in the deepest of best ball leagues, these 20 round leagues, maybe some deep dynasty leagues or tight end premium leagues where your payout could be very big for such a cheap flyer in Logan Thomas. Guys, that is going to do it for the Osmo Daily Fantasy Newsroom. Tune back in tomorrow. We'll run through the rest of the players who are cut and the ones that have fantasy impacts, like your Richard Rodgers, like your Dexter Williams. Basically, these guys who had enough juice maybe to to steal some work, maybe to be a deep sleeper pick, and now they open the path for other sleepers, other deep best ball picks. So important to find these final edges as we head into the last week before the NFL season starts, and then we are here. So before that, reminder to go to osmo.com forward slash fantasy football and check out our draft kit. You get that $35 credit. It's just $29.95, and you get all the best tools at osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football. We'll catch you tomorrow.